0: army Moscow insists flight MH17 was shot down by a missile from a Ukrainian warplane. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
1: That's going to create more turbulence. The economic statistics. A triple debt recession. Collapsing commodities. Monetary policy has to do the heavy lifting work. Money. Money. for.
0: Good morning and welcome to Money for Nothing with me, Renita Malhotra Hora. Most Asian futures fall with U.S. shares as uh, the dollar maintains its gains versus major peers. The oil slump extends to a fifth week as the global glut worsens. And Lian Fung expects a tough 2015 amid all the competition.
2: Just because we removed the word patient from the statement doesn't mean we're going to be impatient.
0: Yeah, that's your morning teaser today from Janet Yellen. Uh, lots of discussion on the word patience and, you know, what that really means. Joining us for the market discussion this morning is a financial commentator and uh, MD of sales trading at Hightong Securities, Andrew Sullivan, who's also been our co-host on this show. Then we have a special guest in the studio today, Ireland Minister Alan Kelly. And last but not least, we have Stuart Cern from Spacebox who tells us that there's another alternative to uh, solving storage problems uh, for your apartment. Tobias Hexter is guest host today. Good morning, Tobias.
3: Good morning, Renita.
0: So uh, Janet Yellen says that she just because she's removed the word patient doesn't mean she's impatient. What does
3: she mean? Well, I think we're getting official Fed policy now that we're going to have a normalization of rate policy as soon as Easter and Christmas fall in the same week. And until that moment, savers and pensioners are wearing it. As soon as Easter and Christmas fall within the same week. So, never? Uh, hypothetically, <laughs> it could happen.
0: Hypothetically, okay. I guess that's what we're living on uh, these days is, you know, hypotheses, yep. right? Okay, well, Fed Chair Janet Yellen certainly seems like she's in no rush to raise interest rates and that the pace of tightening will be slower than previously expected.
2: We anticipate that it will be appropriate to raise the target range for the federal funds rate when the committee has seen further improvement in the labor market and is reasonably confident that inflation will move back to its 2% objective over the medium term. The committee continues to expect a moderate pace of GDP growth with robust job gains. My colleagues and I continue to expect... That as the effects of these transitory factors dissipate, and as the labour market improves further, inflation will move gradually back toward our two percent of two percent objective.
0: So in December, Yellen defined patience as two meetings until the Fed raised. Rates. But then in Feb, she said that patience doesn't mean what I said, uh, but it wasn't about changing policy. It was about correcting the mistake. So then patience didn't have any meaning. It was everything else, namely the data. But in terms of watching the data, Jim Bianco, the president of Bianco Research, says that the Fed is constantly shifting goalposts.
4: Do you remember back 18 months ago, two years ago, it used to be when the uh, when the unemployment rate got under seven percent they were going to move. Then it was six and a half. Then it was well below six and a half. Then it was considerable time. Then it was patience. You know, so they constantly shift around what the data means almost to the point where it's almost meaningless. It's whatever they decide they could drag out data Mm -hmm. that supports whatever preconceived notion they have. And that inconsistency is why Janet always keeps coming back to trying to give us patience means two meetings because everybody's confused.
0: So how flexible then will Janet Yellen and her colleagues be, particularly when it comes to conflicting data? Here's Guy LeBas. He is the chief fixed income strategist at Jenny Montgomery Scott.
4: That it all hinges on inflation at this juncture. I mean, frankly, the jobs markets are running pretty hot at nearly 300,000 jobs being produced in an average month. Uh, You know, I think that's a pretty impressive pace and a very consistent one. It's just the other side of the equation, as I said, the core inflation numbers that aren't playing ball. And the combination of a stronger dollar and lower energy prices, they're not exactly going to be supportive of core inflation either in the near future.
0: U.S. stocks fell overnight as a stronger dollar weighed on oil and other commodity prices, sending the energy and materials sector lower. The Dow fell 117 points to 17,959. The S&P 500 also dropped about a half a percent to 2,089. But the Nasdaq added a fifth of a percent to close at 4,992. How linked are dollar dynamics to the oil market? Here's Edward Morse. He's the global head of commodities research at Citigroup.
2: Well, certainly was linked strongly yesterday, as were other other things that sold off. But we've already seen the dissipation in that, that link. The oil fundamentals right now, commodity fundamentals, uh, are much more important.
0: Brent crude fell 2.6% as the U.S. dollar strengthened and on concerns over excess supply. Financial Secretary John Chang says that the recent strengthening of the U.S. dollar, to which the local currency is pegged, may weaken Hong Kong's export trade.
1: The Hong Kong dollar in step with the U.S. dollar is of late appreciating against the currencies of our trading partners. The strength of our currency indeed has its benefits like shopping in Japan or buying venues in France, but it also affects the competitiveness of our services and goods exports, as well as our attraction for tourists.
0: All right, let's bring in our first guest of the morning, Andrew Sullivan of Hightong Securities. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Lisa. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts on when the Fed raises rates? Do you agree with Tobias, who says hypothetically never?
1: No, I mean, I, th- I think they will have to r- raise rates. But, I mean, as you were saying earlier, it's a very complex issue. I mean, jobs is, is looking good, but obviously the strength of the dollar is going to hurt the exports. And we're already seeing them guide that, you know, they, it's going to, going to be moderate expansion ahead. Uh, it's, it's very much linked to in what's happening globally. And that's the trouble.
0: So, Andrew, uh, Janet Yellen has been fairly vague about the timing of the initial increase in the target funds rate. Here's what she said yesterday.
2: Today's modification
0: of the forward guidance should not be
2: read as indicating that the committee has decided on the timing of the initial increase in the target range for the federal funds rate.
0: So, Andrew, do you think that statement was aimed at keeping the markets from becoming overheated in anticipation of an increase anytime soon?
1: Well, I think she's, she's keen that markets shouldn't get worried about interest rates being raised. But I think you, you have to take into account the fact that when they do start raising rates, it's only going to be very modest uh, junctures that they're going to raise rates, and they're still going to be very much dependent on the on the... Other macro data coming out, and of course, yeah. You know, once they start raising rates, it also gives them the potential to lower them. Uh, should the data go against where they're going?
0: So, you know, given that in January she went from uh, saying that the recovery is solid to sort of dropping that in February, and now she's saying that the recovery has moderated somewhat. Why is she guiding us lower?
1: Well, I think, yeah, you know, I think one of the issues that, that really drives a lot of the employment has been the fact that you know a lot of. Uh, Companies are bringing back their uh, manufacturing into America. Uh, But obviously the strength of the dollar is hurting people like the exporters. And certainly yesterday, you know, we saw dealer sales for Caterpillar were down 11%. That's the second year those have been down. And obviously those sort of firms are are going to be hurt by the strength of the dollar, uh, making their services less competitive.
3: Can I ask one question about exactly the strength of the dollar because uh, you indicated that there might be small rises ahead but given the fact that the US is about the only one not engaging in competitive devaluation, what methods do you think Ms. Yellen has to at one point do stop that rise of the dollar if it's not more accommodation? well I, th-
1: I think she's very limited on, on how she can stop the rise of the dollar her her concern though is really the fact that actually at the moment you've got a lot of companies that still aren't spending money you know they are still worried about the outlook you know they're not seeing final demand uh, and hence they're not spending their capex uh, and that gets you into a you know a, into a rather a circular sort of situation you know they would spend if they could see the demand but they can 't see the demand and obviously you know, it's, it's very difficult for her and this is, this has been the problem with the fact of QE the fact they have printed so much money that companies out there have you know got cash when maybe they should have gone to the wall uh, and the competitive nature of companies has been reduced so that's that 's the that's you know, the, the fallout of having done QE so early uh, and now having so much cash sitting around. It's, you know, it's not actually doing any further benefit. It's not doing any great harm, but it's not doing any great benefit either.
0: Andrew, when it comes to oil, Ed Morse said that commodity fundamentals are more important than dollar dynamics. But my question is, how did the Saudis adjust to dollar dynamics?
1: Well, I think the, the Saudis have taken the view that yeah, they, they need to, to re-dominate the market and you know, it's not so much for them, it's you know, it, the, the, the real benefit that the Saudis have is the fact that their historic cost of actually raising oil is much cheaper than anybody else's. So, you know, they can still make profits and squeeze other people out. So they're just looking at trying to, you know, generate market share and maintain a dominance in that respect. And, you know, the U.S. dollar to them will have an effect. Obviously, you know, the income for them is important. It's important into their, how they actually run their countries and how they support their growth going forward. But I think in the short term, they have got, um, you know, OPEC has been sidelined to an extent by the growth of shale oil. Uh, and that was only, uh, only possible because of the high price of oil. So they've taken the other, other route, really, which is to say, well, you know, even, if, even if demand is dropping, we're going to continue producing oil and we're going to gain market share because we can afford to do it.
0: Andrew, the world is continuously worried about the falling prices of oil here in Asia. Um, tell us how it impacts us. I mean, is this not a good thing?
1: I think in 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 many respects, for China, you know, the falling price of oil has been a very good thing because it's allowing it to uh, build up its strategic reserves um, and and you know, provisioning for the future. You know, on a day to day basis, yes, we see it in in lower uh, airline prices, uh, ticket prices, and things like that. And obviously, for for a number of nations that don't have uh, other sources of um, uh, power generation, then you know, cheaper oil is is helping them as well. But I I think people's concern is the fact that, generally speaking, it's it's the lack of global demand, which comes back to this, where we started, which is the fact that people are worried. People aren't spending as much money as they used to do. People are more concerned. We've come through a financial crisis. People are concerned about the future and are being more careful with their money, um, which means they're not spending things which means companies aren't spending capex Uh, and we get back into that circular argument of how do you how do you actually generate growth on a on a sustainable
0: basis okay andrew um in terms of local stocks and local companies lian Fung is having a tough year this year amidst all of the competition what other hong kong companies and stocks uh, do you have your
1: eye on right now well, I think I mean we everybody looking at the results and how they come out, and, and people will be, you know, stepping back and thinking, well, you know, the markets are at high levels, but the earnings that we're seeing coming through may not be uh, justifying that. Uh, and this again comes back to the fact of the availability of cheap money that you know people are looking, you know, to, to put that into things and uh, and see what they can, uh, how they can eke out extra gains. I think short-term-wise, you know, everybody's looking at the Chinese property companies and the expectation of uh, more stimulus and support for that sector within China, because that's a, you know, a key part of China's growth strategy, or has been. Um, but also, I mean, you know, you look at things like the telecom companies that have to put a lot more money into building up networks for 4G, uh, and the question really, I think, comes is the, you know, do people really need 4G? Um, you, know, what, you know, is... Is this going to be uh, a significant mover in the whole telecoms industry, or is it just going to be a very expensive luxury for a few people? Any
0: specific uh, uh, stock picks for us this morning?
1: Well, I think, you know, just looking at yesterday's results, I mean, I think people will be continue to be concerned about Li and Fung. Um, you know, they are very practical, pragmatic people there, but they're going to face more hardship you know, due to currency exchange uh, as well as the falling demand. So I think people will, will continue to be cautious on that
0: one. All right, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That is Andrew Sullivan. He's the MD of sales trading at Hightong International Securities. The Nikkei is down 36 points to 19,440. The Australia's uh, ASX index is up 5 points to 5,000. 917 and Souls Cosby down one point to 2036.
1: The government has announced the private columbaria bill. After enactment, a private columbarium needs a license or exemption or temporary suspension of liability to operate. Consumers choosing to purchase or rent a niche from a private columbarium before the bill is enacted should find out whether the columbarium meets all current statutory and government requirements. They must also check whether contract terms exist for handling interred ashes and protecting consumers' interests should the Columbarium's license application fail. For inquiries, call 3142-2300. Come on,
0: The time is now 8.18am and Hong Kong has never had a formal St. Patrick's Day parade. Well, not until last Sunday. This morning we have Ireland's Minister of the Environment, Community and Local Government, Alan Kelly, on the show to tell us more. Good morning, Alan.
4: Good morning, Renita.
0: So, uh, Alan, what uh, uh, has suddenly spurred the interest in having a St. Paddy's Day parade here in Hong Kong?
4: Well, Hong Kong is very important to us and um, we recently opened a consulate here and uh, really uh, from a country with a a huge financial background. uh, Ireland is refocusing on Hong Kong, hence my visit here. Um, The President of Ireland has been in China in the last couple of months and uh, we have a new financial services strategy and uh, we're promoting that. We're a very action, practical, orientated country. Uh, we have a lot of uh, pluses, a lot of um, unique selling points and uh, we're reselling those.
0: So tell us a little bit more about your new financial services uh, strategy.
4: Well it's an action-oriented strategy. It's uh, about pushing the range of services that are available in Ireland. A huge volume of people are um, employed in the sector in Ireland. it's, It's quite a diverse sector. You know, unique amongst Europe, we're the country that is in the European Union, in the Eurozone, we're English language speaking, We have, uh, you know, some of the most educated people in Western Europe and uh, we have uh, basically all you need from a financial uh, services point of view based in one spot in in Ireland. And, uh, you know, for instance, uh, a statistic that's worth uh, sharing, uh, half of all the planes that are leased in the world are leased out of Ireland.
0: Tobias?
3: uh, Mr. Kelly, can I ask you one question? Uh, Given that Ireland has quite early bitten the bullet with austerity and actually came out of that quite successfully, what message would you now give your Greek brethren who are still at the beginning of this process?
4: Well, I I think the key message there is that while you're going to go through difficult times, the quicker you embrace the fact that you have to make substantial changes to the way your country is managed and uh, uh, economically uh, as much as anything else and the structures by which uh, you do that. Uh, The quicker you do it, the better. Um, We made serious decisions over the last uh, five, six years. And as a result, we now have the highest uh, growth rates in Europe and that is changing the whole you know the whole country uh, not alone have we the highest growth rates in europe uh unemployment has fallen absolutely dramatically um we are now in a situation where we're actually looking for people to come to ireland back to ireland from the employment point of view um and also it is Predicted over the next two years, we will continue to have the highest growth rates in Europe, and that's down to the fact that in many different areas, financial services is very important. But for instance, you know, the top ten uh, IT companies in the world are based out of Ireland. Top nine of the top ten uh, pharmaceutical companies are based out of Ireland, and eight of the top ten medical devices companies are based out of Ireland. So, you know, um, collectively, everyone pulling together. I think from you know, from a Greek point of view. You really have to learn the lessons of Ireland. Ireland has turned the country around in a matter of four to five years.
0: Indeed. Alan, um, here during your trip to Hong Kong, you have met the Environment Secretary and Secretary of Home Affairs. What are the business initiatives that have been discussed with a view to the environment?
4: Well, environment is the critical number one issue across China and here in Hong Kong. Um, We talk about air, we talk about water, we talk about soil, we talk about waste. Um, but really the critical area is sharing of technologies and R&D and how quickly uh, these uh, can have an impact on everyone's lives. Uh, there is huge potential based out of Ireland because we have probably the most regulated uh, uh, system in the world as regards uh, all of these sectors between European and, and domestic law and that creates quality and we've been in this space for many years we are the Green Island, we are the Green Island in many ways, particularly from an environment point of view, it is it's the most important thing for us protecting our environment and bringing those learnings bringing those technologies in particular across um uh, here in hong kong has been a a key issue and a key discussion uh, for us
0: can you give us an example of one thing just one thing perhaps that could be applied you know that ireland has used a technology that could be applied here in hong kong so we could really see an improvement
4: well one area which i think there's going to be huge growth in is in the whole area of waste to energy And uh, on a regional basis and a local basis, how this can be manifested and turned around very quickly. Um, The whole issue of waste here in Hong Kong and the regulation behind that and the charging behind that is changing. Um, I met with the environment minister the other day and he outlined from a time period how this is going to happen and the regulatory process by which it is going to happen. And, uh, you know, there are technologies out there. Uh, that can be brought to fruit in Hong Kong very quickly, and a lot of them are based out of Ireland. Anaerobic digestion, for instance, and how that can be used on a, a local level. Uh, it's it's huge.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. Very interesting stuff. Thank you for joining us this morning. That is Alan Kelly, and he is Ireland's Minister for the Environment, Community, Community and Local Government. The Transport Department uh, has announced that due to a traffic accident, all lanes of Taipo Road, Shatin, Mun Tunnel, bound near the Tin MTR station, are closed to traffic. Traffic queues on Taipo Road to Tin and at the Shatin racecourse. Well, with the rising uh, housing prices and double-digit growth in rent, Hong Kong is one of the most expensive places in the world to live in and to store things in. And, of course, we all need to store things in our homes but continually find ourselves running out of space. So many people are looking for self-storage to solve the problem of clutter. Let's bring in our next guest, Spacebox co-founder Stuart Cern. He joins us uh, now at... uh, our broadcast house studio. Good morning, Stuart. Good morning. Thank you uh, so much for joining us on Money for Nothing uh, this morning. So self-storage isn't a new thing in Hong Kong. Uh, Why did you decide to set up Spacebox?
5: I have been living in Asia for the past 10 years. Uh, With my brother, we co founded this business uh, because we... I no space at home. Uh, our wives kept shopping. We needed more space. Oh,
0: yeah. that, is, that is the eternal problem, right? The wives. Blame it on them. <laughs>
5: uh, well, they helped us in this case. Yeah. But uh, no, Spacebox is um, it's a new concept for Hong Kong. It's on-demand storage. It's in, uh, unlimited storage at your doorstep. It's, uh, it's not self-storage, as you know it. Uh, it's a way to stay at home, keep a very close relationship with your personal belongings. Um, and we compare it to the, uh, to the iPod. Your CDs used to be on your living room and now they have moved on your phone. You just tap the music you like, and it plays. With Spacebox, all your inventory stays on your phone. You see pictures of what you have, you touch what you need, and the next day it's at your doorstep.
0: So uh, explain what that actually means. When you say you have a close personal relationship with your belongings, they're not actually at home. Uh,
5: They're not at home physically, but they are on your phone at home. Uh, The experience works like this. Um, You need more space at home. You use a Spacebox application, and you press a button, and somebody shows up at your house bringing you boxes, yeah, very nice, very strong boxes. You pack your belongings in the box. When you're finished packing, you take a picture using the application. And, uh, and then you press another button. Somebody comes up and collects it and stores it away. When you need your belongings, you just have to go back in the application and you scroll through it, like you scroll through your camera roll. Okay, yeah. and you say, okay, I need my red shoes because I'm going to a party tomorrow. You tap that, and then next day the shoes are at your, at your home.
0: So you don't actually physically have to go anywhere,
3: anytime at all?
5: No, you can stay at home.
0: Oh, well, what do you think of that, Tobias? That makes it sound so infinitely easier.
3: Well, I have one question. I'm the world's worst planner. If I have a party tonight, <laughs> can I visit on site and get
5: it? Um, yes, you can. And, uh, and also we can, uh, in several cases, do same-day delivery. You know, we, uh, you know, as, uh, our standard terms are for next-day delivery. But if you need something, we'll always try to help you.
0: How did you think about coming up with this particular model that is so service oriented uh, to differentiate yourself from the competition?
5: because we have been using self-storage and, uh, and self-storage has four big barriers. The first one, you've got to find the right unit. Now, there's many different levels of quality. Some warehouses are great, some warehouses are not so good. And, and you, Hong Kong has very big problems of humidity. So we need to make sure warehouses are good. Second, you need to get your belongings to the warehouse. That's also a headache. You need to get a car or a van and take your things there. Third, that's the biggest problem. You need to remember what's in storage. For most people, self-storage is a black hole. You put things in a, in, in a storage unit and you forget what's there. When you need something, ah, it's, it, no, it's basically it's gone. And, uh, and the fourth point is why people don't use storage all the time is because of the relationship. It's actually hard to put stuff in a box and feel like you may never see it again. With but you put it in a box, but it's on your phone. You always keep the relationship, and that's quite useful.
0: So this is, it's incredible. It's very online, offline. I mean, how many people do you have in the company working
5: Uh, all these logistics? Our team is only seven people. We are focusing on the app, the technology, and the front end, the marketing. Uh, uh, In terms of logistics, what we decided very early is rather than setting up our own warehouses, there are some very good uh, logistics operators in Hong Kong. So our logistics team, their job is to vet uh, companies and, and make sure the quality meets a certain criteria. We have a space box uh, standard warehousing, minimum temperature, sorry, maximum temperature, humidity levels, uh, security, uh, making sure your belongings are safe. Uh, if, uh, if somebody has a warehouse that meets those criteria, they can join our platform. And then we make sure that our customers' belongings are safe.
0: And do you disclose uh, where those warehouses are to your customers?
5: Uh, we disclose the location. Uh, we are working on giving full transparency and also who are the warehouse operators uh, that, that are working on this. At the moment, there's restrictions in Hong Kong and some it's different warehouses don't like to be mentioned.
0: Okay, Stuart, uh, tell our listeners where they can find out more about the company.
5: Or visit uh, spacebox.com.hk mm-hmm. and uh, store anything you need for only 48 Hong Kong dollars a month.
0: Wow, that sounds like an <laughs> incredible deal. Okay, I might be your next customer.
5: <laughs> We're going to try.
0: Like your wives, right? <laughs> All right, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That is Stuart Cern, and he is a co-founder at Spacebox. So uh, here we are, almost at the end of the show. Let's take a quick look at the numbers. The Nikkei is down 43 points to 19,432. Australia's ASX index down 2 points to 5,909. And Kospi down 4 points to 2,033. In currencies, one euro currently buys you 1.06 US dollars. The US dollar is trading at 120 yen and one pound sterling is worth 11 Hong Kong dollars and 45 cents. Gold currently valued at 1,170 dollars per ounce and Brent crude oil at 54 dollars and 61 cents. Tobias, we're at the end of another week. Parting thoughts. What should we be thinking about now that the Fed uh, meeting is out of the way can we just rest easy this weekend?
3: Well always after a bit more accommodative stance by any central bank we're going to have this period of quiet and I think the theme might be bring on the currency wars Uh, because after a brief reaction the dollar is just going higher and higher again and at one point it just won't combine possibly raising interest rate to more than a nominal quarter percent while having the dollar go up. So this view is interesting. Watch the Chinese, because the dollar and the yuan are good friends.
0: Bring on the currency wars. I guess we'll have to look at that as we open next week. A quick message before we depart. All lanes of Taipo Road to Tin Xingman Tunnel bound near the Tin MTR station, which were closed due to the traffic accident, are now reopened to <laughs> all traffic. I'm Renita Malhotrahora wrapping up for this week's Money for Nothing. And a big thank you to our producer, Sandra A quick look at the weather forecast before we depart for today. It'll be mainly fine and warm with fog patches in the morning and at night. The temperature right now is 23 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 93%. Time for the half-hour news with Sam Butler. President Obama has told Benjamin Netanyahu that the U.S. will reassess its policy options in the light of the Israeli Prime Minister's election campaign promise that he wouldn't allow the creation of a Palestinian state. Mr. Obama made the comment in a telephone call to congratulate Mr. Netanyahu on his elect- election victory two days after the vote. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue reports from
1: Washington. After Tuesday's shock result in Israel's general election, Washington has been seething at Benjamin Netanyahu's apparent vault fast on the long-term solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Not only did his assertion, 24 hours before the polls, that he would not allow a Palestinian state on his watch fly in the face of agreed strategy, but the White House was also angered by the tactics used...